Hey, don't forget, it's a 307 first pitch today. Raw stripling on the mound against Austin both for the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Jay's looking to avoid the sweep. Falling behind the Baltimore Orioles in the wild card race. Say that again. Stop it. Hey, it's time. Three times really fast. Mm -hmm. It's time for Blair and Barker trivia. We've been giving you the chance to win you Blue sure Jays. You sure you want to tell the story? Yeah, we've been giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker, whether you listen on the radio or on our podcast. We got tickets to see the Jays and Cubs, the Rogers Center, on August 30th. Yesterday, we asked you to name the one Chicago Cubs player to have stolen more than 50 bases since the year 2000. He was a speedy outfielder, Who spent the Jeff? bulk of his career in the National League. It's Juan Pierre, stole 58 bases in 2006. <laughs> I will get to my story in a minute. Today's question, which... Which Cubs player was the MVP in the 2016 World Series? Again, which Cubs player was the MVP in the 2016 World did Series? We, have we had like 1,000. We didn't we'll get it. We'll never get it. Text the answer to 590-590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. So my Juan Pierre story goes back to... You sure you want to tell this? Yeah, why not? I mean, I like poking fun at myself. The hell? I'm self-deprecating. <clears throat> I, I under, Listen, there. I understand my weaknesses... More than a lot of people understand their weaknesses. You know that as well as I do. <clears throat> Anyhow, this is back when I was covering, it's not a long story, back when I was covering the Montreal Expos for the Montreal Gazette, which is when most of my life occurred. Um, so Colorado Rockies are in town, and I'm doing a story on stolen bases, and I want to talk to Juan Pierre. So I, I've done zero research. I haven't even looked at the Rockies media guide. I just know I'm going to go in the clubhouse and I'm going to talk to Juan Pierre. <clears throat> so I'm standing in the middle of the clubhouse. I'm talking to one of the Colorado Rockies writers, Jack Atkin, and we're just shooting the crap. And I said, yeah, I, I got to talk to Juan Pierre. I mean, I'm doing, uh, doing this story on him. And I mean, I, I don't even know if the dude speaks English. You know, I'm going to have to like, I don't know, translator and, I get a tap in my shoulder. I turn around. I'm Juan Pierre. I'm from Mobile, Alabama. I do speak English. I thought, okay. So I thought Juan Pierre was a dude from the Dominican. I, I truly did. I mean, I'm not I'm poking fun at myself here. Anyhow, so I did the interview. They didn't have cell phones back then? Did not have cell phones. <laughs> did the interview. Everything, everything was great. It was fine. Oh, it, only, and, it and was I saw on the Zach Morris cell phone that they had, right? The, the yeah. big one with the Exactly, antennas. yeah. <laughs> So, and then I, a couple of times I ran into Matt. Juan Pierre is like, was, was a lovely he, guy. His reputation is hugely no popular. And, yeah, I ran into him a couple. He didn't like you for sure. Oh, he did. No, no. He thought, he thought it was hilarious. He thought it was hilarious. Uh, and I ran into him a couple of times after that, did interviews. And every time he looked at me, he just laughed. The one time he just pointed at me and started to laugh. And, yeah, I, I mean, it was fine. But I was just, you know. I mean, everybody has. You have that day when you're a writer where you just do stupid bleep. It just happened. You ask a dumb question. Um, you know, you go up and you forget, you, you blank out. Um, now I think I, I once had Larry Walker ask me in a scrum. He looked at me and said, would you like a redo of your whole day? And I said, actually, yes, I would like a redo of my whole day. So it does happen. I wonder that a lot with you. It does. Happen. I want to ask you that too. Do we have Mr. Shulman there? We have Dan Shulman. 
<laughs> who's been patiently waiting as I made an ass of myself or lived, went over. Dan, you come on. You must have had it. You are a pro's Never. pro. Never. You are the no, no, no. But you must have had an. You must have had one of those things, right? Where you're, where you're talking to somebody and you kind of you go, who am I talking to? Uh, or you do an interview and you ever? Please tell me you've had that happen at least once, just once. Oh, all the time. So I will <sighs> tell you, I'm not. I'm not great at remembering faces. I'm really not. Like, and, and even during the game sometimes, our director, Troy Clara, might take a shot of, say, the Orioles' dugout, and I'm like, who's that? And he's like, that's Kyle Bradish. He's the guy who pitched today for six innings or something like that. So, so you know, in, uh, imagine in my personal life, whether it's my professional personal life or my personal personal, it happens all the time. Okay. Because I'm at kind of the disadvantage because I'm the dopey guy on TV, so they know who I am. But I'm like, and and I'm, you know, trying to bob and weave my way through. It happens all the time. So, but yeah. well, listen, we're all we're all dopes, right? Like none of us are going to claim otherwise. So I, I'm right there with you. Well, except for my cohort, Mr. Barker here, who said yesterday that Bo Bichette should move to the seventh spot, and we kind of laughed and thought that'll never happen. Of course, it happened. Um, he's not, he's not giving away any secrets about uh, what he thinks John Schneider's going to do today. I mean, I'll ask you, Dan, flat out, uh, you know, they're running out of ideas, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, at some point the players you have just got to play better. And, and that's uh, that's kind of a tough answer because what's going to make that happen. But there's no question. There's more talent here than results right now. And I think that's the frustrating part. Uh, for the fans, which I understand. Like, if you're a fan of the Cleveland Guardians, you're probably really happy about where your team is at right now because they're not as talented, and they're playing hard, and they're winning close games, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I get why this is extremely frustrating for everybody, not only the fans. It's it's as frustrating as it is, is for the fans. It's even more so for the people inside the team, on the team, obviously. So um, I, I do think... They're, they're, you know, they can only manipulate the roster so much at this point. You want to change the batting order, change the batting order. But it, like they did it yesterday, it's not, a, it's not a magic potion. The guys, the guys they have have to do better. And, and you know, two batters into the game or two batters into the bottom of the first, they're up two to nothing, and they only get one even real scoring chance after that, and they hit into a double play, and just nothing happens. And and. It's, it's baffling. I keep looking through the numbers and saying, what am I missing? What am I missing? And I, I, can't, I can't figure it out. They, they still grade out very well, you know, offensively, overall. Scoring positions better. It's not great. Late and close, high leverage, blah, 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 blah. They grade out well. It's just not manifesting itself into as many runs or as many wins as it should. And that's just one half of the ball, right? Then there's the whole pitching side which is another story dan do you think because of the way they're hitting that they may have to play alejandro kirk behind the plate more than they want to play down the stretch to get his bat no question just because because of the way george springer has to dh you would think most of the time and the way they're hitting they need their best hitters in the lineup and kirk he's one of them like yeah yeah, no, I, I think there's something to that. You know, the game he had, not last night, the two two days earlier, was a little concerning defensively, obviously. And we haven't seen a whole lot of that. He's been he's been solid defensively in, in, in my opinion. So but I yeah, I, I think there's something to that. You know, six weeks ago I wouldn't have said that because Danny Jansen was hitting home runs all over the place. Mm-hmm. But you know, it if 
if you're John Schneider and the word is urgency and that's the word, right? And, and it should be the word, then yeah, you got to do whatever you got to do to win a game today. And then you try to figure out how to win one tomorrow. So you're right. It's a, it's a twofold thing. It's needing to get some offense and it, it also depends on whether George Springer can play center field or not. And, and, uh, um, I don't know. He could be in center field today. I have no idea. You know, they, the talk was it might not be that long until they can get him back into center field. But it, it um, until that happens, I, I think there's a, he's not going to catch today. He's not going to catch day game after night game. Danny Jansen will, will be behind the, the plate today. But, yeah, going into the Yankee series, I, I think it's a possibility. Um, if the Jays lose today to the Baltimore Orioles, they will fall out of the wild card uh, fall out of the wild card uh, spot. It's August 17th. Everybody keep that in mind. We're not talking September 17th or September 22nd. It's August 17th. How much of a slap in the face do you think that would be to this team? I'm not like, I'm not saying they're going to wake up tomorrow and say, okay, guys, let's go get the Yankees. But, man, if you wake up and you're out of a playoff spot and the, the freaking Orioles are ahead of you, with all due respect to the yeah. Orioles, that's, I mean, I, that's got to take note, don't you, at least? I, I, to be honest, I would hope they've already taken note. They've lost four games in a row to the Orioles in the last eight days. Like, if that's not, I don't know if the term is wake up, you know, I don't know if wake up call is the term I'm using for, you know, you said slap in the face, whatever it is. Like, shouldn't they be there already? It's, you know, they not they didn't have a stranglehold on a wild card spot, but that's they true. were in really good shape. They were in really good shape 10, 11, 12 days ago. Um, and for two days in a row now, they've lost to the Orioles, and every other team around them, I believe, has won. I think Seattle, Cleveland, Minnesota, and the White Sox and Tampa Bay have all won each of the last two days, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I, I would hope that they're already, and, and I'm sure they are, they understand their situation. Obviously, they do. But, um, you know, Alec Manoa said after the game last night, they still believe, and that's great. Without that, they, they've got even bigger problems. So, um, it's just, it's confounding. Um, you know, the schedule has gotten tougher, but if you want to beat these teams out to get into the playoffs, you've got to beat them head to head. You know, it's the old, you're at the end of the day, your record is what, what, uh, you are, what your record says it is. And, and they're not beating the teams they're competing with. They, they lost four in Seattle. Um, they've lost four in a row to Baltimore. Like they're just not beating the team. They lost two out of three to Cleveland. These are teams they're competing with for a playoff spot. And, and, um, it is baffling, but it's a new day, and you hope Ross Stripling has a good game, and you and you hope the offense gets going. But um, it, it's it's tough to figure out right now. It really is. Do you think? Excuse me. Do you think Yusei Kikuchi makes another start in 2022? Uh, well, let's start with Saturday. Can we start with Saturday? Absolutely. And go from there. So yeah. Mm-hmm. My guess is, and it's just a guess. I don't know. My guess is he is not going to start on Saturday. I think Mitch White is going to start, but I don't know that. Um, you, you know, again, if you're looking at the psyche of the team mm-hmm. and you hate to, you know, you hate to kick a guy when he's down because he's trying, and I feel as sorry for him as anybody that he's having the kind of season, but they've given him a lot of opportunities. And, um, you know, their season is teetering right now. And, um You know, I I understand people say, well, what makes you think he could be any better in the bullpen? To me, it's not about whether he can be any better in the bullpen. It's about, until he figures it out, minimizing having him in high leverage or meaningful spots, unfortunately. And being a starting pitcher is a meaningful spot. And and if Mitch White gives them a better chance to win a game Saturday, I think they've 
I think they've got to do it. Uh, so I don't think he starts Saturday. Does he start again after that? I don't know. Like, let's see a few more starts for Mitch White. They've got two double headers. Let, let's not forget that. They've got two double headers coming September 5th and September 13th, uh, I believe, are the dates. So, you know, they're going to need an extra guy for that. So I think he probably does find his way. Uh, you know, back onto the mound in the first inning of a game a couple of times this year. But I, if I had to guess, I'm guessing Mitch White starts on Saturday. Uh, we've now seen, or we're getting a pretty steady dose of Adley Rushman. We're going to get more uh, steady dose of Adley Rushman. I, I told Barker today, this isn't necessarily a newsflash, but I said, I just close my eyes. I see this guy being a pain in the ass for the next decade. Mm-hmm. If you're a Jays fan, he really is something else, isn't he? And you know, I, I just really, I'm tired yeah. of talking about the J- Jays can't do this, the Jays aren't doing that. I just I I've I just I love watching him play. I just love watching Adley Rushman play. I love watching him call a game. Everything about him, yep. everything you hear, he's the real deal, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I I, I like watching him hit. Um, you know, everything you hear about interacting with pitchers and leadership and humility and teammate and all that stuff. He checks a lot of boxes. If it's July 1st next year and MLB comes out with the all-star balloting and Adley Rutschman is miles out in front for catcher in the American League, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's deserving of that, more importantly. Like like a year from now, if, if he is by consensus the best catcher in baseball, that wouldn't shock me. And, and they've got two other top five prospects in uh, Grayson Rodriguez and Gunnar Henderson. And, uh, you know, there's more coming. They've got a very good system. So, uh, you know, they were, um, you know, they were the, they were the team everybody beat up on, crushed, uh, including the Blue Jays more often than not the last few years. But they, they're clearly turning a corner. They've got some talent. They've got a good farm system. And, and you know, I know, you know, we're in Toronto and we cover the Blue Jays and people don't want to hear about the other teams sometimes. But they're, they are playing with a great spirit about them, with a great confidence about them. You know, you've said it, I've said it, Buck said it. They're playing with house money, no pressure. We all get that. Um, you know, contrast that with what the Blue Jays must be feeling. They've got a ton of pressure on them right now. This is a team, let's be honest, if they don't make the playoffs, that is a huge disappointment this year. There's no other way, there's no other way to put it. Whereas for Baltimore, if they have a, an 88-win season and miss the playoffs by a game, they're going to feel great about themselves going into next year as much as they miss the playoffs by a game. So, you know, the two teams have a whole different feel about them right now. And, and um, you know, I assume in the offseason, Baltimore starts dipping their toes into the free agent waters a little bit. Not, you know, not Gosman Springer, but they're going to start getting some players and they're they're going to be a, a nuisance in the coming years. There's no question. Yeah, I know. We talked to Darren Holmes yesterday, and I think you, you kind of got the sense that with – with the new configuration of that ballpark in left field, you know, look, if you're if you're a pitcher, for example, a free agent pitcher looking for a pillow contract or something like that, or you want to reestablish value, and the Orioles are a good team, you're in the AL East. I mean, it might be in it, and you've got that, you know, that that left field rejigged left field now. It might be an interesting place to go, and you're going to be working with a dude who's a pretty good catcher. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if I was a right-handed, right-hand hitting power hitter, I would jump at the chance to go there this with the changes is, yeah, they this made. This is true. But, this but is if, true. Yeah, but if I was a left-handed hitter uh, or a pitcher, absolutely, I, uh, I think I would look there. You know, there are some people who don't want to compete in the American League East, and there are some people who do. 
Like, there are some people who say, I want to test myself against the best, and I want to be in the American League East. Uh, you know, if you're a Blue Jay fan, above and beyond hoping the Blue Jays figure this out this year and beyond, you better hope the Red Sox are down for a while, right? Because, you know, otherwise, um, you know, this division becomes even more of a monster. But, you know, short term, there are, whatever, 47 games left to play. Yep. I think it's it's still all there right in front of the Blue Jays, but it's not going to be for long unless they start playing better. Uh, they are going to the Bronx, and, and the only team playing about as you know as poorly as the Blue Jays right now might be the Yankees. They just built up such a cushion that they're still in a good spot. And then the schedule, in theory, gets a little bit easier, but I don't know that we can bank on anything the way things are going right now. No, Danny, listen, we appreciate your time. Have a great call today. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Thanks. See you soon. Yeah, see you down at the ballpark. That's Dan Shulman, Blue Jays play-by-play voice on Sportsnet. 307 is first pitch today on Sportsnet 590. The fans, Sportsnet TV side. The coverage gets going at 2.30 with Blue Jays Central. Uh, Very quickly, something Dan talked about, the American League East, the teams that are leading their divisions right now. Houston's lost two in a row. The Yankees have lost three in a row. Cleveland's lost two in a row. The teams around the Blue Jays for the wild card. Seattle's won two in a row. Tampa Bay's won four in a row. Baltimore's won two in a row. Minnesota's won two in a row. Chicago's won five in a row. Boston's won two in a row. The Jays, uh, the Jays have lost three in a row. So that gets to Dan's point about and teams this, go through it ups and downs. But this is the it. thing, right? You, it, once you once you fall out of that spot, now all of a sudden you're looking up and well, we need these guys to lose and we need this to happen yeah. and this to happen. Yeah, it, it is. Interesting it, to it see really if Spring, if Springer's not playing center field today. Kirky can't play behind the plate. Catch. Who's hitting? I've not up? seen. I don't know if we've seen a line. I just I've, looked. It's not. It's not out it's yet. It's not out. I, who's hitting clean up? You you just you just moved to Oscar. <laughs> who's hitting clean up? That it's a now now that you've done this, and I'm sure John's put some thought into this. With when Kirky's not playing. Well, let's assume who's hitting cleanup. Let's assume. So you're assuming Springer plays DHs. No, okay. Yeah. Yeah. DHs. Let's say we don't know any different until we do. Say he DHs and Kirky's not behind the plate because a day game after a night game. Wow. Who who hits cleanup? Now, it, it, it. Wow. I don't know if it matters a ton, but it matters a little bit because you've already moved your cleanup hitter to the six hole. You basically told him that there's other guys who are doing better than you are that deserve a chance to be hitting in front of you. More chances when it matters the most. Mm. Do you put Chapman in the cleanup spot? That's interesting because this is what happens. Mm-hmm. Is when you start messing around with your line. I'm not saying I don't agree with it because no, I do. It, but it is a now, all of a sudden, now you got to go to a Teoscar and say, hey, oh, by the way, I know I had you there yesterday, but. Yeah, I know I had you there yesterday. But you got to, can you go you back? You struck and, out twice and hit, grounded out to the shortstop two other times. But Can you go, uh protect Lourdes and get a big hit when we need it in the third inning? Because big hits now aren't late in the game always with the Blue Jays. Could be the third inning. Maybe. Maybe. So it's a question. Maybe it's what you do. It's a big thing. Do. And I also got a question to ask you. Maybe what you do is you've got Merrifield center uh, uh, in center. Yeah, that, that, and, that's, and that's beside leading. the point. I'm talking about hitting cleanup. Yeah, but I'm saying. I don't saying, really no, care who plays saying, defense no, no, and who I, hits the bottom of the order. Springer, maybe Springer gets a day off. Yeah, maybe Springer well, gets a day not. off. I hope not. He's had enough days off. Enough with the day off thing. Uh, has Santiago Espinal done enough or does he need to do more down the stretch to when the season's over, 
Ross Atkins doesn't have to say, uh-oh, now I need to also I, find an everyday second baseman. I need at least two left-handed bats in the lineup next year. Now, if I operate under the assumption that Springer's back, he's going to be back. Gurriel's back. Chapman's here. Vladdy's here. I need two left-handed bats. Where do they fit? Did you not well, say Bo? No, but I'm, let, let me finish. I'm saying, and, and right now, Bo. But yeah, but I'm saying, if, if they don't make the playoffs, if they don't make the playoffs, there's going to be a bunch of stuff on the table. I, I need two left-handed bats next I'm year. You. I'm with you. You know, the obvious thing is move Tay Oscar. Now, it also depends on the quality of left-handed bats available. If that important left-handed bat plays second base, I mean, that's a... It's an intriguing question. It it's is a, an intriguing he, he question. Is a, he's a very good defender. It's a very good defender. But you can tell that offensively, because of the adjustments that the league's made, the ball away, like it's just, it's it's a lot to ask. Again, I get back to that marathon yeah. thing, and, and now that you play every day, what he was playing, and you go to the all-star team, and now teams have to, oh, oh, oh. Now all of a sudden he knows how to handle the bat and he can hit and run and he can put you know barrel to baseball. See the thing is, and it, they start game planning against it and you start seeing it, average. It's go complicated. Down. It's complicated for me because the infield defense has been really good this year. It's it has one, been, been one of the strengths of the team. And run suppression is something this team talks about. And part of that is defense. Part of that is pitching. And Santiago Espinal. Yeah, Aaron Boone was talking about Santiago Espinal second series of the he year was, and, 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 and and what he thinks of him defensively. You really need a left-handed bat, though. You, and if that plays well, second, and that's to play second two. every day, it's an interesting question. I'm not saying you have to think about it now, but I just thought about that when I was looking down the, the lineup from yesterday and thinking about Santiago Espinal and the work he puts See, in. The and, other thing he gives you, too, Kevin, and this gets to... Would he benefit more of being a hybrid... Oh. Four days a week guy instead of an everyday second baseman. That's a question. I don't. Like he could play a little short. He could play a little second. Like he could give the everyday guys a break. That's my point. Well, I'm not let, saying. I mean, let's, address, let's, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's address the elephant in the room. If you, He could be your everyday shortstop next year if you decided you were going to move Bo. Which I'm not mm, I'm advocating because uh, I'm, I'm not advocating, but I'll, let me let's. If this team, Dan's right, if this team doesn't make the playoffs, it's a disappointment. Things will happen. Things will happen. Mm-hmm. We can we can we can all sit here and and you know, as I've said, in my perfect world, Bo and Vladdy are here forever. And they've got long-term contracts, and they're the building blocks in this team. And I still think right now that's kind of the direction it's going, but I I really do think that the not making the playoffs. Changes a lot of things it around does. here. And there's a lot of things you can't do because you got money tied up in guys who are going to be here for a while. And I'm okay with that. But you do you do need more balance. And Gabriel Moreno doesn't give you that balance. It, it doesn't. It just doesn't. And if you're Bo, you know, how, how interested would you be assigning a big deal here? You know, instead of moving up in the order, you've moved down in the order. Vladdy's had some hiccups. They couldn't wait to move him up a spot. So you, if you're Bo, now I'm not saying Bo's had a good year because he has offensively, he's he's had some challenges. Uh, but it it will be that will be the intriguing thing. Will the middle infield look a lot different if they don't make the playoffs next year? And and oh by the way, don't forget this too. If you get rid of Teoscar, that would be a 
golden opportunity to move your $150 million center fielder who has trouble yeah, staying on the field I, to right field. That's a done deal. I, I, I'm just... Well, it's a done deal in your mind, but they'd have to have a replacement is my point. Hopefully that's a left-handed bat. Yeah. I'm just saying that's it, what gives, you, it, gives, that, it makes it easier that's for my you to point. do that. That's my point. Getting you rid have of Springer, Oscar and doing those things. You have Springer in, in right field, then you add no a left-handed question. bat. And then you know what? Then maybe maybe you've had some sort of resolution to Moreno, Kirk, and Jansen at that point. Maybe you can bring a lefty in who's going to DH for you a little bit. Like there are a lot of ways of 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 kind of squaring that circle. But it, it to me it gets back to Springer and Wright and Teoscar someplace else next year. But I've been on the Springer to right field wagon since he signed the contract. Anyhow, uh, Mike Soroka of the Atlanta Braves, Calgary native. Uh, you know the story. A couple of Achilles injuries. Um, he made a very impressive rehab start last night. We'll check in with Mike Soroka, see where he is in his rehab, see what is in store for him as the season winds down. and Maybe even ask him about the World Baseball Classic a little bit. It's always good to talk to Mike Soroka, he'll join us next. It's Blair and Barker on 590, 360, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with J.D., Blake, and English. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stretch drive. DMs are open, by the way. SN Jeff Blair's my Twitter handle. DMs are open for Barker's back leg bits. Got a lot of questions. People have a lot of questions, I should say. Good. Uh, for Kevin we appreciate so that. Good. We do appreciate we it. We do. We do appreciate it. And a reminder that uh, Blake Murphy will have Blue Jays talk today following the Jays Orioles game. So you can vent to him. Mm. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow for Blue Jays talk after the Jays-Yankees game. And, of course, we'll be here tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern, as always. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, uh, I, I said I wanted I, I wanted to do something really optimistic today because we just, you know, it's been, well, the Orioles have the same number of wins as the Blue Jays. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, and this story last night certainly falls in that category. Um, you know, of course, we've been lucky enough to have Mike Soroka on this show uh, a lot of times. Um, he's a Calgary native. He's one of our favorites. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's nice to welcome him back to Blair and Barker and to be able to talk to him about how it went in a yes. game, the first game in 743 days. Mike Soroka last night making a rehab start uh, at high A for the Atlanta Braves. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. And um, it's so good to see you back. And you know, I was watching, I was going through social media last yeah, last night. Pitching Ninja broke down some of your pitches. And I said to Barker, you know what? When Pitching Ninja is following your rehab outings and breaking down Nasty. your pitches, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. How do you feel this morning? First question, how do you feel this morning? <laughs> I feel good. I feel good, guys. Thank you for having me. Uh, like I said, it's always, <clears throat> always good to make time for uh, Canadian shows. Um, but... Uh, 
Yeah, everything feels good this morning. Um, everything felt pretty good last night. I uh, can't, uh, I cannot complain with how that went after, uh, yeah, that many days. When you put it like that, it uh, it feels even longer. Uh, it's kind of just been one uh, one blur for me, especially this second rehab. Um, you know, it's really just putting one foot in front of the other most days. And uh, we got here, and now it's one at a time, just uh, just like what got me here. So. I'm excited to move forward too. Mike, I can't imagine you know the mental side of going through what you've been through. I, I was fortunate enough the years that I played, I never got hurt. I never missed a game because I was hurt, and and you know I was that's a lot of luck. And I just can't imagine mentally what you've been through. Is there has there been something that you've you know you've started to do yoga? I don't know, I'm making that up, but maybe there's something that you've started to try and do to get your your mind off of actually just going through that part of it and saying there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and when I get there. It's going to be nasty. Yeah, I mean, I think anybody, anytime anybody goes through a, a first-time major injury, um, you know, there's struggles. You want to, you want to almost put yourself in, and think about yourself as this big story, big comeback. You're, you're kind of out there, um, doing everything, and and it, it kind of gets exhausting. And I think the second time, putting things in perspective a little bit and understanding that. A lot of people go through a lot of uh, a lot of rehabs, um, a lot of struggles, whether it be you know physical, mental. Um, you see lots of guys go through ruts in their career where um, you know a lot of people are doubting them. A lot of people don't know if they've got it, and that's kind of when you get to prove to yourself that you do. And so last night was pretty big for me, especially in high A when any of the guys were going to be swinging. It was going to be kind of a mono mono type of night, and. Uh, to go out there and, and do what I did was was pretty big for my confidence. To be honest with you, now you, have, um, you always have those you always have those doubts and put put to rest last night. Now you had four scoreless. Uh, you retired the first three batters, I believe, on ten pitches, eight strikeouts. What did you what what felt what felt really good to you in terms of your pitches, in terms of getting on the mound? Like what was the you know the the, the major takeaway in terms of stuff, for example? Or are you worried about stuff um, at this point in time? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not worried about it. It was you're definitely, you know, it's definitely the most important thing to be honest with you. Um, you know, the, the last thing that's going to come is going to be the fine command, especially with the secondary pitches. But um, uh, I spent some time out in Utah with a uh, guy named Bob Kais. Um He uh, he's worked with some guys around baseball for a long time and. Um, you know, three, four decades worth. And he does his, his work in silence. And uh, we found some things that I, I kind of needed to, needed to address to, to have a better chance to stay healthy. Um, that was number one. And typically what comes when guys start to feel their timing, uh, get the rhythm of it, and I kind of understand some, some new mechanical adjustments is typically performance follows. And um, right off the bat, uh, my slot had dropped about a foot, and my extension had increased about a foot. And all of a sudden, it just seems like a lot of my stuff is holding the zone a lot longer. Uh, the movement's a little later. Um, but honestly, what's made me happier than anything is that my sinker is as good as it's ever been, if not if not better, to be honest with you. It's, it's kind of found where it needs to be, and... Uh, back to where I can just kind of grip it and rip it and uh, watch it move. And um, that's what I was probably most 
excited about last night with how many swings and misses I had gotten on just that pitch. That was that was awesome for me to see. I'm sure hitters are going, oh, yay. It moves later, and it moves more, and he can locate it. But have you been watching the Braves? I, I know that the last time we had you on, you were in between, and obviously you've been watching. But, you know, the Braves are good again. Have you been watching, and what have you thought of, of their year? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm always watching. It's, it's, you know, you get to a point where at parts of your rehab, you know, it's, it's tough to watch every single inning you want to be, you want to be out there. You know, there's a certain, there's a certain part of resentment and uh, some feelings that you got to get over. But, um, you know, I, I, I think we, we went through that last year and especially coming up on the playoffs. I know I told you guys where, you know, you can sit there and feel sorry for yourself that you're not out there, but the reality is, I mean, you could be hurt on, on a bad team. You could be hurt in the minor leagues. Um, and then that's where this team is a lot of fun to follow. We, we seem to be doing what all the best teams do and that they kind of fill some holes with some big, big prospects. And what Michael Harris has been able to do, uh, we just called up Von Grissom. Um, you know, it's a great, it's a great group. Um, it's an exciting group to be with a lot of guys that I, that I grew up playing with, to be honest with you. And, um, they've they've been doing pretty cool things, and it's it's been a it's been a fun series so far against the Mets. Given how the last one went, um, kind of give it back to them a little bit. And uh, I know we got a good challenge in the next couple nights coming up with Scherzer and Degrom. But um, I think these are the ones that that you play for at least. These are the ones in the regular season where you you kind of circle them on a on the calendar, and you can't wait for them because you know they're going to be big. So. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be there tonight. Um, I'm not sure I'm allowed to actually be in the dugout while I'm on rehab assignment or not, but um, I'll be there hanging out with the guys and uh, you know feeding off that atmosphere for sure. Now, Mike, what are the next what are the next steps for you? Uh, I know this is is one game, but obviously your stuff was good. Do you have any idea what the plans, the Braves' plans are for you in terms of of the major leagues this year? And I mean, I'll cross another bridge too and ask you about the World Baseball Classic. I understand. I don't want to get way. I don't want to get way too far ahead here. But how how do you, how would you kind of plot out the rest of your year and the off season and spring training to be your perfect scenario? Yeah. Look, I mean, we said it. I said it with Alex, our medical staff. Uh, priority number one is finishing this off season completely healthy, or sorry, finishing this season to go into the off season completely healthy. To know that, you know, I'm a check mark to be regular, just a regular guy in spring mm-hmm. training. Um, that's that's goal number one. Um, but you know, it's it's no secret, and you know, I'm not I'm not telling any secrets by saying that I got to go and earn this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's kind of forgotten sometimes that you know everybody remembers what you did but you know like you said it was 750 days ago um so last night was the first step in proving that you know i'm still that guy if not you know still getting a little better i'd like to think i'm still kind of coming into my own a little bit uh being a canadian kid and not getting to throw a whole ton growing up and um you know just watching and, and trying to learn from some of the guys that have done it I mean, DeGrom's the best example of that, somebody that's basically gotten better every single year, and, and I don't see why I can't follow that path as well. Um, so i got to go earn it, um, and right now I, I, I honestly don't even know. i got to talk to my medical staff, see where, uh, 
next week is going as far as the rehab start. I'm not sure if it'll be in double AA, A, triple A, um, but obviously get that pitch count up, iron out some kinks, and uh, yeah, be ready if uh, if and when that day comes to get back in the big leagues. But obviously, I'd like to throw as much as possible in the big leagues this year and and into the playoffs. That would be ideal. Mike, really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much again. It was really good mm-hmm. to see you back out there. Stay healthy, keep it going, my friend. And uh, good boy, luck. we uh, we we you know we got our fingers crossed for you, and we're no would love to see you on the mound in the majors this year. Be well, definitely. Thank you, thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks. Take care. That's Mike Soroka, the Atlanta Braves. Hey, let's be honest. If he is sitting on his couch after what he's been through, and he had the start he had last night, and he's you know, just looking up what Alex has been giving young players for the Braves. He's thinking to himself, I want to be that. I want to be one of those guys. And they're not afraid to have a core. They have a core now with the Braves. Like it's in there and they're willing to give the core money. And if you're Mike, I mean, you're only a human being to, I'm not saying hurry the process along because you want to, you know, you don't want to rush and, and, and put anything to question, but man, yeah, you're a human being and you know, you're seeing how much money they're dropping. Well, and let's oh. also, and, and the other thing to keep in mind with Mike Soroka and the Braves is, you know, what he said, there is, there, there, there are, much like the Blue Jays, there are a core of players who've come up together, who've progressed through this organization, and they're all very tight, and you know, they all, they got each other's backs and all, all that good stuff, but, you know, if you're Mike Soroka, you've, I mean, you've missed You've missed a lot of, and I can't say this enough, just think of what he's missed over 750 mm-hmm. days. And I'm sure, I, I know. I mean, I know the Braves have made him part of the, you know, the, the ceremonies and all this, winning the World Series. I understand. The organization, uh, that organization takes care of its Big own. League. But, yeah, just think about that. You know, and he's a... But he, the money-making side he, of it. He's got to be paying sure, attention but he's to also, that. And he's a kid, you can tell he's a kid who's driven. It is. Just but listening that, to him say that his arm has dropped, which has made the tunnel longer, which makes it break more, which keeps it in the strike zone longer and bre- yeah. and breaking later, which makes it harder to hit, which makes me able to strike people out. That's, you know, one of the things. That's good stuff. I think it was when Rick Langford, I don't talking to him one time, and he was in charge of Blue Jays rehabbing pitchers. And... One of the things I think we talked about, and it may have been Drew Hutchinson, it was in relation to about when you're when you're injured, there comes a point in time where, okay, you physically you build, depending on the injury, obviously, but physically you build yourself back up. So your body's back up to where you need to be. And he talked about, you know, there are guys who will say, okay, I've done this. I got some time. Let's see if I can improve something now. While I'm working, you know, I'm trying mm-hmm. to get my pitch count back up and everything and trying to get the feel of everything. Let's see if I can maybe pick something to improve on while I'm doing this as well. Sure. So I'm not like just, it's not that you're wasting time, but take advantage of being able to do stuff and not having it measured by the results. In other words, if I'm out just throwing a couple of guys in the player development complex and I try something new and they go yard. I mean, that's fine. You try something new. I'm experimenting. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. I didn't get hurt. Whatever. I think maybe 
Mike's kind of taking advantage of that opportunity. Well, you're the party kind of thing, right? It's Sometimes the ground, crisis is too good a thing you, to you, let pass. you got to hit the ground running. Yeah. And he's trying to do that. But that's, uh, I mean, that boy, that's terrific news for the Braves, too, given, given mm. where they are right now. Um, they get him back. Oh. Even if you can just, even if you can make a couple of starts, even if you can make a couple of starts in September to give guys a couple of days maybe, or, yeah, I don't know, give, give Charlie Morton a day or something, like whatever, get help, help. Help guys get set up for the for for the postseason, for the postseason run. Um, that'd be pretty good, you know. We're we're starting Mike Sor- We're starting a fully healthy Mike Soroka today, so we can give guys a little bit of a blow. I mean, <laughs> ain't the worst thing in the world. But mostly, 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 we really we just want to. I want to see this guy just get healthy. I want to mm-hmm. see him get through get through this year. See him in spring training next year. Um, because, uh, any, any, you know, anybody who knows him, any of the dudes in Calgary spent time with him. He's really, he's really a special dude and, uh, he's got a lot of people pulling for him. Mm-hmm. So that was, uh, that was, that was great news. Um, and thanks to our producer, Mark Boffo for, uh, for getting, Way to go, Mark. for getting, uh, Mike Soroka. Uh, it is that time of the show, Barker's back leg bits, where we, uh, solicit comments, questions. From uh, you, the listener, Bob Ritchie, concerning Bo Bichette, his weighted runs created plus versus left-handed pitchers is 68. It was 156 in 2021. Wow. If Bo's 2022 weighted runs created plus versus lefties was 156, his overall 2022 winnings run created, just a minute, would be within five points of 2021's weighted one creation plus. The same number that if you look at the OPS plus, why has Bo struggled against lefty left-handed pitchers this year, particularly in terms of slugging. That's okay. Hold that's on. a good question. Let, let, let me look. Let me look it up first. Keep speaking. No, I mean that's that's the question. Just wondering about why is Bo struggled against lefties this season? Is is his question in particular? He's got seventy-one at bats against lefties. That's why he rarely he he they rarely face. Doesn't them. that tell? Just give me that number again. Seventy-one at bats. So a guy who was hitting second or cleanup. He's got uh, how many at bats this year has he got? He got uh, he's got uh, four hundred sixty-four okay. at bats. So this he's got is seventy-one of those against left-handed. Okay, this pitchers. is what I'm getting That's at because this gets to your point. A guy who was hitting second or cleanup on the Toronto Blue Jays and playing every day mm-hmm. has only faced left-handed pitchers. 71, 71 times. Yep. I mean, that's, you're not even, that's an I, easy I, answer. I, I know, but, but my point is that gets to our, your point about the lineup. What does that tell you? That your everyday shortstop. It's only seen 70. Uh, not, I mean, not, not, you're every, not even, you might as well not even bring your lefty not pitchers Not every single one of those right-handed mm-hmm. pitchers that they are facing are great either. Yeah. If they can somewhat locate and their misses are way off the plate. Right. But that they is, got a good chance of working through this lineup. Uh... That's a good question. Though. Yeah, it was a good question. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of thought into it. Allowed, it appreciate it, that. It allowed us to get to the the whole. I mean, that's just. That's re- why I was looking that, it up. That just re- That's just that just reinforces the you know the the lack of balance here. Wes asked a question. <clears throat> Pardon me, Kevin. Do you think the Jays are overshifting, letting some playable hits get by? Uh, Wes, you should ask Kevin Gossman to see what he says because that well, was an issue. They straightened it up. They made adjustments with Kevin because he he. 
he went in a room and said, you got to move some people around. Well, I'm giving up some weak hits to the other side of the mm-hmm. field. I don't want to do that. Which is, I think, which I is fair. I don't think they have a problem with the pitcher doing that. He's been around long enough exactly. that he can do that. Yeah. You know, it's, you got to, you got to have some clout. You got to have some pull. probably wouldn't be able to do that. And he can do that. It's, they shift because it works most of the time. It's okay to adjust. But this time of the year, it's hard to, I mean, you'd have to be real specific on the, on the certain times that, 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 that you're talking about do they shift too much I, they shift a lot because it works like i can we say it? i don't know how you say it any other way and when they've had to adjust they have so i'm going to say answer to your questions no was it was it what was the question have they shift too much yeah no i'm gonna say no mike tweedy yeah mike this is a good point discussing the good waiver pickups for the orioles doesn't that get a lot easier if you're in the bottom five of the league, first right of refusal? Mm-hmm. But you also got to make the right call on guys, too. They've had some luck. Oh, they've had. Oh, no oh, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They've had. They've, uh, they've had some they've room had, to go. Let's take a chance on this guy because nobody else would. Yeah. And then it just so happens. This is why I said. I guarantee I still, you. I'm still in the camp that the Blue Jays are a better team. I know they're not playing good against the Orioles. Right. The Orioles have had a lot, a lot of surprises with not a lot of expectations. And 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 a lot of dudes can just go out there. It's sort of like their manager. Ah, what the heck? Just put him into pinch run. It's by the way, did you know that they can take a lot of chances? You know that Brandon Hyde interviewed for the Jays job when they hired Charlie Montoya. His name may have been out there. Maybe, maybe I missed this. I was told. I wasn't told. I mean, it was shy. Mentioned to me that Brandon Hyde interviewed for the Jays job when Charlie Montoya was available. But maybe it's out. Maybe it's out there. I was just thinking of that because mm. <clears throat> I was uh, just thinking of Brandon Hyde. And yeah, and your 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 point is right. I mean, let's be clear. At no point was there a debate in the Orioles front no office about whether or not we should bring Jorge Lopez in. No you know question. what I mean? I mean, they, they, no yeah. Well, why not bring him in? Let's see. Why not bring him in? Let's why see. not? And I'm not. Hey, I'm not, not taking. I'm, I'm not taking We're away. Not. I'm not Try taking away what they've done, for them. but I'm saying if you're the Orioles, why the hell wouldn't you take a no chance question. on these guys? You moved the fences back for your at your home field so you could take chances. Oh, professor, professor of the cut, live and breathe Blue Jays. Oh, he's from Hamilton. Do the Jays move on from Guillermo Martinez and Dave Hudgens this offseason? Their approach just isn't resonating with the hitters. Now, I know what you've – I can tell you. I can tell you. Let's not lie. When when you're a big leaguer and most of the guys here are established – now, they're young guys, but for the most part, they're established players. They can suggest changes. Like, move closer to the plate. Makes total sense to me. That doesn't mean the player's going to do it. I, I, I if they don't make the playoffs, I would I would probably think that there's going to be a lot of change. There's going to be a ton the coaching of coaching style. There's no question. They're they're going to move on, and there can't be any more excuses. Now you now you're going to have a, a a whole fresh batch of people coming in here to point the finger at when people aren't getting their jobs done. And yeah, I just I I think sometimes you you put so much blame on a coach. When it's right in front of you, who to blame? I mean, I can only walk you to the water. I can't make you drink it. 
Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, I can't put it any. I can't, can't put it any other way. There, there's, uh, you know, not making the playoffs after a year in which you missed the playoffs by one game. In a season in which the playoffs are, have expanded, and you've made a considerable financial investment in your starting pitching. Um, it's not a good look if if this team if this team doesn't make the playoffs. I would certainly think be, that the GM's not going to fire himself. No, but the, he will. He will. The make, GM's he will got make the GM's cha- got like four years he left. He will in make his other changes. The GM's got four years left in his. No question. On, on, if they don't make contract. the playoffs, I will say this though. Um, if the Jays don't make the playoffs this year, this will be. This might even be more disappointing than what we saw in 20, 2013 when the R.A. Dickey deal was made and and um, and and Jose Reyes came over here and the Jays the Jays were uh, preseason picks to win the World Series in Vegas because it was just it, it, it that was a different that team was really highly touted but it was also kind of just whoosh, put together in the spur of the moment where this team had a bit of a track record as a group that suggested it. They're flawed. Say it. They're flawed. Anyhow, hey, if they beat the Orioles today, then we can come back and talk more about how the Jays have uh, held on to the wild card spot. If not, if they win, we're turning this song up. Start the show. We're going to turn it up. Turn it up. They win 307 first pitch today. Ross Stripling to the mound as the Jays look to avoid the sweep against the Baltimore Orioles Hang on to the wild card or a wild card spot ahead of a four game series in the Bronx against the Yankees. Thanks so much for joining us today. Again, you're subscribing via podcast, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Great afternoon.